Welcome to Ask Cadence, everybody. Thank you so much for downloading and joining us today. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm sitting around the table here with Scott Lissett. Scott, hello. Hi, Pete. Uh, great to see you again after last week's invigorating discussion. You bet. I am John Patton. Hello, John. Hello, Pete. Uh, today, uh, we have a, a, uh, an interesting challenge that Scott has brought to the table for us, and here's my understanding of it. Scott, I hope you can help uh, fill in the blanks. It, it, this idea that companies are being driven to take on projects that have fixed due dates uh, while there is some specific engineering deve developmental work that's required on the project, such as prototyping, because they're being asked to do things they have never been, they, they have never actually done before, uh, they're doing these, uh, they're they're doing this engineering developmental work uh, during the product development phase instead of the research phase, and there are some challenges that that uh, that evolve because of that. Is that is that an accurate setup? Yes, absolutely. And uh, the scenarios that I've been seeing lately are when, uh, in one case, uh, a company wants to be first to market with a brand new product, and there is stiff competition, and they know other folks are also working on a similar product. So uh, they will set a product, a, a, a project end date, and they will begin the implementation phase of the project knowing that there are certain parts of it that are still under engineering development and that the engineering team doesn't know yet how they're going to do it. Uh, the other kinds of uh, market pressures that I've seen are when uh, your uh, company's marketing department, for example, or business development group uh, talks to a key customer and makes a, makes a promise. Uh, we will develop uh, this product and deliver it to you by January 1st. And they sign the contract, they pass it to the engineering group and say, uh, you can start work on this project now. And the engineering group looks at it and says, well, uh, we've never actually uh, built something to the, this uh, high level of specification before. And the project team now is faced with having to, first of all, plan a project and then implement it knowing that there are some uh, engineering development breakthroughs required uh, within a certain period of time. And that's the old technique. Um, in the uh, 80s and into the 90s, uh, for semiconductors, there was this whole approach called brute force. We're going to do it faster. We're just going to add a lot of uh, engineers, and we'll come through. It may work a whole lot of long hours, and we're going to be the brightest we possibly can. But you do that over and over again, and we certainly did reduce time to market, uh, work with tight deadlines, and um, then it doesn't work anymore. You can't just add people. So I think, uh, Scott, you're suggesting a new term here, and I would call it brute intelligence uh, in getting a project done within very, very tight deadlines. I so like it, John. Let's hear Somebody it. Somebody trade on about it. Well, uh, <laughs> well here, are, uh, here are some techniques that project teams can use when faced with this kind of a situation. Uh, first of all, um, we need to put into the project schedule some tasks that recognize that the development may not succeed uh, 100% the first time you attempt to implement a design. So you may very well need to have some cycles of test and rework, and test and redesign and rework. And build that into the schedule up front. 
and know that it may well be necessary. Uh, and if it turns out that you do get it right, now you've got a little bit of built-in margin in your schedule that you didn't have before. Now, Scott, is that the same as buffering or padding? Uh, no, and that's a, a very important distinction to make because what some uh, and what some project teams will do uh, sometimes is they will estimate how long it takes to uh, develop a, a certain product, and then they'll pad their estimate, and then they'll give you a, a single number. They say, "Well, we're going to develop this piece in three weeks." knowing full well that they could probably do it in about two weeks and maybe they'll leave an extra week for uh, margin. Now that is not a best practice when it comes to planning project schedules because that can create an atmosphere where you don't believe the schedule. So uh, where we want to be here is, uh, is an environment where the schedule is both believable and achievable. And to do that, it helps to break it out into detail. So for each rework or redesign or retest uh, task, estimate how long those will take. Don't just pad a single task and uh, leave it unknown. Okay, so uh, I've uh, experienced iterations before. So what you're saying, Scott, is that if we've done something in no better than three iterations, then we're going to plan those iterations in the rework, but we're going to apply our intelligence in how to get it done in two iterations so that we can get back that time for what we normally do from the schedule. Yes, and uh, you can also plan for incremental delivery as well. So maybe you can't achieve 100% of the design objectives the first time, but maybe your customer will accept 85% uh, the first time. And so you can divide up your project into uh, a, a first piece and then a, an, an immediate follow-on second piece where you then uh, do the additional development work to get to the 100% level that uh, you were after. So that's another technique that can be used. Now, if you're delivering 85%, Scott, that does mean that the 85% works perfectly, right? Absolutely. Okay, so it's, Absolutely. it's not uh, send what we've got out to the field and, and make our corrections during field trials and, yeah. and early customer bad experiences. No, it's oh. not sending out what you have and hoping for the best. Okay. It's uh, coordinating with your customer and saying, uh, we can deliver you this, uh, level of functionality by January 1st. Um, we know that it can meet some of your needs and then on February 1st we'll uh, deliver you uh, the uh, full, fully functional product uh, that can meet all, uh, all the requirements. Would you uh, involve the customer in prioritizing what's available January 1st? Yeah, absolutely. You, you have to because customers don't like surprises. Just like uh, your own senior management doesn't like surprises. Um, and it's important, though, to know that the project sponsor uh, has got to approve uh, uh, the uh, scope uh, right at the beginning of the project. So uh, we want to make it very clear what you're going to be delivering and when and, f and, and how much will it cost. Uh, Scott, early on you mentioned that we would be doing some prototyping uh, during the developmental phase. Now, usually this is done in what we call the research phase. 
And I can imagine that there would be some very high risks uh, in working with prototypes, um, you know, proof of concept kinds of things, right. when you're working against a tight deadline. Right. So any thoughts there? Well, sometimes project teams feel under such intense schedule pressure that they feel like they don't have time to be creative. And I've heard this uh, many times. And this can be very constraining for the team. And what I recommend here is that the project team allow time in the schedule for some unstructured creative activity so that the team feels like they have the time to create prototypes, to do things in ways that they haven't done before, to be creative and to try things uh, in new ways. And, and that can then uh, free up the team to do better work, create better products uh, than they would before, than they would otherwise. Now let me get specific here, Scott, because we're talking about time constraints and we're also talking about setting aside some time for creativity, and, and, and I, I, I'd like to know the structure of that, because here I am sitting, I'm thinking, well, uh, let's say it's July, and sales has just come in, and they've promised a product that we haven't created before, and even though there's no new science, it's a combination of known uh, technologies and engineering, to get something with the customer or the defined product with the customer by January 1st. So in this six months, how do you structure this creativity and discipline? Those seem to be contradicting terms. Yeah, they do, don't they? And the discipline comes from creating a project plan up front uh, and then sticking to the project plan. Uh, so looking at the elements of that plan, you've got to to define scope up front. You need to uh, define what are you uh, going to deliver as part of that scope. Uh, define a work breakdown structure for how will you create those deliverables. Assign roles and responsibilities uh, to those tasks uh, and then plan those tasks, put them on a schedule with, uh, with dates, real dates. So there's an overall structure to the project. However, Within that structure, you can have scheduled periods of creativity. Uh, so for uh, uh, five days, you're going to put that on the schedule that the engineering team uh, has free license to brainstorm how they're going to build the prototype. You put to together tiny mock-ups. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Kind of a left brain, right brain thing, isn't it? It is, but so many projects are being conducted these days in uh, uh, rapidly changing en environments, in uh, environments where you have uh, very short deadlines, and uh, there needs to be that combination of uh, structured project planning, but yet opportunities for uh, agile or creative development where needed. You know, Scott, I, I think you know the, you're, you're onto something here. So many people assume under tight time frames that, that it's just left brain, crank it out kind of stuff. But if you dedicate a fixed period to let the creative juices flow, uh, I can see you coming up with some tremendous breakthroughs. Absolutely. It's a possibility Absolutely. when people are told they have to let their minds loose and, and experiment before deciding exactly our, the approach that we're going to take here. Well, that's what they did during the Manhattan Project. Uh, there were some, uh, the, 
there was a, a lot of time pressure, uh, and yet you had people doing something that had never been done before. There's an interesting implementation of that uh, when you look at, at a company like Google uh, and their 20% time. Are you familiar with how that works? Uh, have you heard of the 20% time? It may be similar to the Xerox 10% time. Skunk, uh, skunk Works? Maybe. Was well, the original every, term? Every employee has 20% to do whatever they want. And most of Google's most high-profile projects came out of some employee's 20% time, where they are just allowed to do whatever they want to stimulate their creativity and come up with creative solutions to projects. I'm sorry, Pete, I misstated. It was 3M's 10% rule. Okay, okay. And so Google is that where the post-it came out? Yeah, the post-it yeah. came out so, of that? Uh, skunk works. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, and Google is twenty percent. Twenty percent, and so you end up staffing a, to staffing at the you know with the understanding that you get eighty percent of everybody's time on you know focused you know high priority projects, knowing that that twenty percent dividend is going to be the next high priority project. Gmail, for example, was a twenty percent. They project. put a cr pretty good price on creativity. Yeah, it must have. be valuable. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So there really is a uh, sweet spot here, Pete. <laughs> Uh, between highly structured and completely unstructured or chaotic. And I think that some project managers feel that uh, they should just reject any kind of structured project planning because uh, they need to have some elements of creativity uh, within the project. And uh, what I would advise them is um, don't just uh, throw out all structured techniques. Uh, adopt some kind of a middle ground where you have some overall project uh, plan, you have some overall uh, structure, you have a schedule, um, but yet give your team the flexibility that they need to do uh, uh, different creative parts of it. Thank you for downloading. This has been Ask Cadence. Please join us again next week. We will be back with your biggest project problem.